created for the MAPE community by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to the first episode of Left Unsaid in 2021. I'm your host, Carl Desir. Yes, I am still here, but you're in luck today. You don't have to listen to me the entire time. It's going to be a great episode. I'm really excited. I know I say that all the time. I'm going to find something new to say in 2021. If you got any suggestions, let me know. But I am excited because you're going to get to hear from the team. The wonderful, amazing team that puts together these episodes, this podcast. Our producers, Rima and Kemi, our editor, Ty, and myself. You're going to get rid of me completely. Going to take you through some clips from episodes that really spoke to us, that landed with us. Now, we had to narrow it down to one. It was hard. There's so many good moments from our 2020 episodes. We each found one. And the reason I'm excited is because I don't know what everyone else picked. I'm so curious. I'm so excited to hear what spoke to them, the team, the people that put this all together. Shout out to them. Shout out to the Mac also and the members that help us market this. Shout out to the 4 Foundation for just supporting us. Shout out to the whole Maple Alumni community. We're ready to go. I can't wait to listen to this, so I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear what everyone else has to say about the episodes. And I'd love to hear from you. What spoke to you from the episodes? So sit back, listen. If you haven't listened to them, this is a good little preview. You can go back. They're all there. Spotify, Apple Music, nope, Apple Podcast, and take a listen. But I'm talking. I said I wouldn't talk that much. I said you wouldn't have to listen to me too much. I'm already breaking that promise. My bad. Here we go. Listen. Team's got a lot to say. Hello, Mape World. It's Rima Elgusain, the Vice President of the 4A's Foundation, also known as Mama Bear by the 2020 class. I'm really honored to be part of the team that launched the Left Unsaid podcast last year. And we were all in a year where we needed community and it felt like the perfect timing to get something like this up and running and to be able to get some really great voices together to share their stories and insight. It was really hard to pick a favorite episode in 2020 because honestly, every story was just so amazing. But when I thought back to last year and everything that happened, whether it was personally, in the industry, in the country, in the world, really, we were just dealing with so much, like virus pandemic, racial pandemic, MAPE going completely virtual uh, at a really crazy time. A lot of powerful voices in the world and so many emotions. And I think just one episode that just made me feel really good and grounded when I was listening to it. And that was the episode with two MAPE legends, Mark Strachan and Mark Williams, the class of 1981. I think whether you're speaking to these people in 
either through Zoom or listening to the podcast or just in person, it always makes me feel grounded. It's funny because in the beginning of the episode, Carl says to get a pen and paper ready because you're about to hear gems on gems on gems. And it's the truest thing ever because first you hear the Mark Williams and he has this amazing way of telling a story that touches some part of your soul you didn't even know was there. And when he spoke to the 2020 class and what they were about to experience, even listening in reflection now, it really touched my heart. And I honestly could listen to them all day. We all know they have so much wisdom and jokes to share. And I love to hear about their experience in MAPE and how much really they helped build MAPE and the Alumni Association and just how their fingerprint is on so much of the MAPE experience to this day. And really getting to understand the history of MAPE through their eyes definitely helped me feel connected to the program that we run. Um, Mark Strachan and crazy to hear how he started off like really reserved in the industry and not feeling comfortable to share his ideas or his answers. It's like if you know Mark now, that's an extremely hard thing to imagine. But I really appreciated that piece of info because so many young mapers feel the same way. But then you see these legends and how they stand in their power and you don't realize that at one point they felt just like you. And it definitely gives hope I think to anyone who hears that story, and especially any MAPERS, especially the MAPE 2020 class and everything they went through. Listening to their experiences in the industry was really hard to hear because just as much as things have changed, some things really stayed the same. And I think in some ways though, year after year, MAPE fellows can always connect with these two humans because whether you're class of 81 or 2020, there's just this bond and connection that's just eternal and the experience that they have still resonates with the MAPE class and I think that's where that connection always comes from and it really helped me see that like no matter whoever runs this program we all have our moment in time but Mark Strachan and Mark Williams will forever be MAPE and their wisdom surpasses time and the amount of heart and energy they put into this program and every MAPER you know, it's just reflected on every class year after year. I think the 2020 class really got to be able to connect in a different way. And I did too. There was nothing more grounding and more humbling and healing than I think listening to these two on the podcast. So it was a really great one. I'm really looking forward to 2020 to hearing more stories from Maple Lum and being able to get to know all of them on a personal level. I know so many Maple Lum, but when they're on this podcast and they get to share who they are, their MAPE experience, but what it is that actually makes them them, it's the feeling and a connection to the program that really shows me why I do what I do. That's why I love it. So it's an honor to be part of this program and it's an honor to be on the Left Onset podcast and getting to know the Maple Lum is really the reason why we do what we do. So that's what makes this podcast so special to me. And that's what I'm most looking forward to in 2021. So thanks for listening to me. And I hope you enjoyed the episode as well. It was, it was hard, Carl. There were, there were many lonely days. I got to tell you, there were many lonely days. And there were times when, you know, you were afraid. I'll speak to myself. There were times when I knew I might have had the right answer. I was afraid to maybe, maybe raise my hand and pull the line and stop the discussion because I didn't want to seem like I was the odd man out. When all the big white guys were saying, we should go right. And I'm sitting there going, eh, right is going off a cliff, dude. We, we need to go left. <laughs> but I was afraid to raise my hand because of 
you know, who am I to challenge the system? I'm the only black guy here. I need to mind my place. I need to be careful. It, it, it could be very, very lonely. It took me a long time to get those mental shackles off of me and find my inner March Deshaun and be my self-confidence. Well, I didn't have a problem with that, but that took a lot of coaching and executive training and also experience. But it was some lonely days, and even more so why Mark and I and, and a few others stayed close together. I mean, I would, I, you know, I go back to what I said, like some things have changed and some things have not. I think that loneliness mm-hmm. is still much a factor for folks in the industry where they're that one black, brown, diverse person in the room and they see everyone right. going off that cliff. And they, right. how, how, how did you, how did both of you get to that point where you were like, no, I got to say this because I know it's the right thing? I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for Mark. I think for me, it was an iterative process. Um, you know, as a creative person, I think the one thing that you get taught over and over again is you have to take risks. You have to take risks. You have to be willing to stand out there by yourself. And so, um, you know, as, as part of growing up in that kind of creative subculture, I think I just started kind of adopting that way of thinking. And, and also, I... I didn't really lack for confidence. You know, I felt that, you know, when I, when I finally kind of discovered advertising and, and figured out that I wanted to be a copywriter, I was very confident that I knew how to do it and I was going to be good at it. And I think that gave me a lot of fuel to be comfortable being the only black person in the room, frequently the only black copywriter in the room, later the only black creative director, in a room full of white people, and it just didn't—it didn't phase me after a while because I didn't—I didn't—I didn't think I didn't belong there. That's wow. a good point. You know, for, for me, Carl, it was—you know—I came from a from a cultural background, Bahamian by by cultural background. You don't make waves, don't you know? Just go along. Like my mom was like, you know, do what you got to do to keep your job. And it took me a while to get confident in my own experiences and capabilities and at some point in time again i had a, I had a pretty good mentor a guy named uh, uh dave marks and, and at some point in time you know we had a great conversation but i realized these guys and gals they got up put their leg put their clothes on one leg at a time just like me brushed their teeth just like me many of them were not fucking smart as me many of them were actually Right. Less capable than I was, and but but for some, you know, better opportunities, better portals being open, somebody leaning on, you know, opening a door, opening a window, they might not have been there. Some of them didn't deserve to be there. So when those mm-hmm. things started to click in, and I started to have some success, even though the opportunities weren't coming as fast and forward for me, my self confidence gained, and uh, again through some really good coaching, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this me against them dance, it's going to be my capabilities against their capabilities. But the other thing, I had a great, great, great coach one time who told me, follow the money. And what helped Good me advice. Become, yeah, what helped me become even more self-confident and independent was when I started finding ways to make the agency money, make my clients money, make my, my boss look good, drive revenue, save money, new innovations that I would bring. That's when people began to say, hmm, 
And I started seeing some doors open a little bit that I could kind of squeak through. But once I got beyond trying to say, boy, it'd be nice if you gave me my my mm. my merit. No, you gotta take that stuff. Part, part of taking it was yeah. I had to be, I had to find ways to uh to fit in. Cause you know what? You'd go on these road trips or you go on these uh uh you know, agency, one day, off sites, what have you. And like everybody would go play golf, go play poker, and they wouldn't invite you. Yeah. You'd be left at the bar, you'd be left, and you'd be like, Well, where'd everybody go? Because if if you didn't have a way to engage, and most of it is became transactional, because I didn't have, I didn't go to Dartmouth, Harvard, what have you. I didn't live in the gated community in Darien. Uh, you know, my parents didn't go to da 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 da. So there weren't those kind of connections. So I had to find the other ways, and part of it was, yeah, this kid's pretty good. This kid's pretty good at what he does. Um, and then you know, find a way to. And that comes from our natural hustle. You know, I came mm -hmm. from Bushwick, Brooklyn, so I had a natural hustle. <laughs> and once I found out a way to try to hustle my way through some of this um, and, and bring my cultural empathy to it, then, you know, that's when I started to get really, really comfortable. But even with that, there, were, there was envy. There were people who put up roadblocks. I mean, there were, I can't tell you how many promotions I got passed over for mm. and how many opportunities I didn't get. Um, and, and if you just want to sit here, and it's not sour grapes. I'm, I'm way beyond that. But I would say 50% of it was racial. Absolutely. Without question, I'm not going to sit here and try to candy coat it. Um, but that was the reality. And it has that much changed? Well, be quite honestly, no. But um, but it is what we do. But does that mean you don't you know progress and move on? We now own people of color around the world own the goddamn culture. We drive the culture. And as that began to shift and change, it, it started to show ways that we could impact the world of advertising, which yeah. Mark Williams will attest to, is not as far, is not as forward thinking and as advanced as it claims to be. Advertising is a very conservative industry. Mm, it is. Hot take. It is. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Kemi Acacia. I am the MAPE Alumni Council Chair, um, and I am MAPE 2012. Um, currently, I am an account soup at MRY, which is a ag creative agency within Publicis Group. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk about Left Unsaid podcast. As we look back at the year, uh, I'm really proud of all the things we've done. We've gotten out so many different episodes this year across a variety of subjects with so many different awesome guests. And so, to look back at what we've done so far this year, I think my favorite episode would be um, the one with Ariel Diaz. She is a maper from 2012. And the title of that episode is called Creating Your Future with Ariel Diaz. And she just kind of talks about her journey from starting her, her career out in advertising to now being a TV writer in LA and kind of just how her perception has changed, how meditation has impacted her life. And one thing, one thing I really loved about this episode was how kind of deep and spiritual um, she got. And I think as I listened to some of the past episodes, you know, the one with Tiffany Warren talking about DNI, they also touched on spirituality. And I think it's such an interesting topic that isn't talked about much, talked about as much, and how that, you know, affects our day to day life, how it affects our industry, and just how we move forward in the industry. And so I thought, like, Ariel's point of view about how it affects how she sees the world, how she, it affects how she wants to plan for her future, you know, what she's looking for her future was really, really important, but also just really interesting conversation. I feel a lot more free to be in the unknown. There is something when in, in meditation called 
the zero point field essentially. And it's this place of the unknown. It is like the one it's, it's the quantum field where if you can become nothing and you can become nobody and you can become empty, you can create anything from that place. Like nothingness and emptiness is the place of creation. And if you can tap into that nothingness and that emptiness, you can create your future there Mm. that's free from the conditioned past and our conditioning. Like we have the same thoughts over and over and over and over again every day. And so if you can tap into that just for a moment, you can create a new thought and that new thought then creates like a a brand new future. She talked a lot lot about meditation and how that's allowed her to like allow space for things to enter in her life and just the really practice of being still. And that really struck with me because one this year or 2020, that's all we had to do was just sit and be still. And I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. A lot of people didn't know how to handle that. And I think even myself included, just, you know, being at home all the time, you're bored, you know, you can only watch so much Netflix, you can only do so many puzzles. And But I think it's a really um, interesting time and interesting topic because I think it's, I think it's okay. And I think Ariel was saying like, you know, in this being still in meditating, she's, she's allowing room to see like what else, what else she's interested in. You know, I live in New York city where it's like, go, go, go. You know, everyone in normal times has their job. And then, you know, you probably have a dinner with a friend one night, a workout class, a board meeting or something. And you're always going and you're always like, I'm so busy. I'm so tired. And so I find it so funny that when you're, when we were like, we have the time to be still, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people are bored, even from like my nieces who say those things to me when they're at home. And I, I think this idea of being still is something that I've been trying to practice and kind of be okay with. And that's why I was like, I felt really compelled to hear, to hear Ariel's point of view on it as well. And I think even, you know, I'm someone who's, who believes in God and is a Christian. There's this, there's the um, word, be still and know that I am God. And I think that I'm trying to do more of that this year. And so, you know, when Errol's talking about the future and like allowing room for opportunities to come in, I think as a person of color in this industry, in a time where now DNI, all the agencies are like, we have to do better, we have to be better. Something that I, I have to remember is that it's not about doing. Like I used to, and I think that that's the, the biggest difference between pre-2018 Ariel to post-2018 Ariel, that there was a lot of uh, my personal will involved mm-hmm. in pre-2018 Ariel. Like there was a lot of overdoing and uh, controlling uh, and like trying to manipulate the situation because I was so scared of it not working out the way that I wanted. And post-2018 Ariel, like there's a lot less doing. Like there is a lot more receiving. And I think that that comes from like the trust that I've built from mindfulness and meditation. And also from knowing that when I'm doing, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not creating space. I'm like, I'm just moving around a lot and exhausting Mm -hmm. myself. You know, I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about you know, I'm in the mid-senior level role. What does my future look like after a certain level? And I, and 
and do I want to stay in this industry? Do I want to go client side? There's all these questions. And so I think I am really taking Ariel's words to heart and really just trying to take this next year. Hopefully 2021 is better, 2021 is better than last year, but just being still and just really trying to um, think about what's next. But also, like she said, leave space to just like sit, be in my feelings, let me let myself receive what the world's coming. So I think the clip that um, I highlight as my favorite, if you guys are or just, you know, need some inspiration. Just, I think, hearing about meditation, hearing about how she's thinking about the future, I think it's a very interesting POV. And, you know, we have the time, so why not be still and consider these things? And so as I think about um, the podcast and what um, I'm looking for for the future, you know, I think this year, we've like I said, we've had a lot of really great guests on, People like Troy Harris II, um, who's won like awards in the industry. You know Ed Frankel, who's who's a leader at Mape, um, at Mape. And so, you know, I think we have all these DNI champions, all these allies, people that DNI is in their title. And so, I think for next year, what I'm really looking forward to is like, you know, agencies right now, like I said, are trying to be raise that diversity flag. So I want to bring in people that, you know, people who aren't allies and people who I don't know, got woke this year with everything that, hap- everything that happened this summer with all the protesting and realizing the problem that we have in this world with the marginalized communities. And so I want to kind of hear from them. You know, what have they learned? What what haven't they learned? What do they still need to learn? You know, I, this is an ongoing conversation, an ongoing battle. And I think obviously our industry has a lot of problems with DNI and having people of color. So let's see, let's see what they're thinking. You know, let's see how they're growing. Let's like actually hold them accountable as well. You know, also I think more than ever, I think we need to continue. What I'd like to see also us continue doing is amplifying voices of color, not just hearing from the experts, but hearing from our mapers who this year had the virtual engagement program, which is a whole different ball game from what MAPE is used to and what MAPE is MAPE was before. And so you know, how are they dealing with this? Like looking for jobs in this new virtual world. How are they feeling about tokenism? And are they asking the hard questions when they interview? I think I would love to just hear those perspectives and continue to amplify marginalized voices. Um, I'm also would love to also, this is the MAPE podcast is for our MAPE community by the MAPE community. So what other resources can we bring to you all like can we bring in different partners who do you want to hear from i think i also want this year to have that more of a one-one relationship ask the community what do you guys want so we can serve that up to you i think the one of the values that MAPE is built upon is that we're a community and we really show up for each other we champion each other we encourage each other you really you really see that and feel that love at summit it's so palpable and so how else can we just support this community and what do you guys need from us is also like, I think I want the podcast to answer those questions for you. You know, you've got questions, we've got answers, or we'll find someone who has the answers for you. We're here for you guys. And I just want to continue telling the story, amplifying our community. And that's what I look, that's what I look forward to next year, amplifying our community, holding people accountable, and continuing to be here for you guys, because the podcast is for you. Um, the podcast is for me as an alum. So um, we're here for you. And so... I also just want to say before I sign off, I'm really glad to be on a team with Ty, Carl, and Rima. Um, you guys are great. Um, you know, as I look forward, I just I just want 
our team to grow also. Uh, it's a small small and mighty team and we're, we're doing the good work. And so if you're interested in joining the Me podcast team, please reach out to Rima at the 4As or Alexis. Um, really also wanting to give opportunities to other MAPE alum and MAPE, um, new MAPE alum as well, anyways possible. We have a great podcast team and, you know, I've been so happy to be working with the Rima, with Carl, with Ty. We, we have got this podcast up the ground and we're, we're going to keep going. And so thank you guys for all the hard work and I look forward and glad to be on the team with you. Hey, I'm Ty and I'm the editor for the Left Unsaid podcast. Outside being an editor for this fantastic team, I work as an independent brand strategist and a creative hybrid. I primarily work with startups to give them the best start, or I'm either building my podcast empire. So one year of Left Unsaid. What a freaking year we all witnessed and went through. This year just felt like everything needed to be immediately fixed, and it was just really hard to slow things down. Editing this podcast means that I listen to every single episode and there's some real gems in here. So I wanted to share you three episodes. I know we're only supposed to choose one, but I want three. (laughs) It either reaffirmed me about how I felt about the industry that I work in or uh, what needs to be fixed or it either offered me new perspectives that I want to take it to 2021. So right off the bat, let's talk about mental health for men of color. Kaval, Jason, and Shook got real and talked about how they are mentally doing and what does it mean for men of color to speak up post-COVID. I'm personally learning how to feel, so I felt encouraged to dig deeper when, generally speaking, men of color are culturally and societally pressured not to talk about how they feel or emotively express themselves. So I really appreciate these seasoned veterans to speak up and that they're still working on this as well. The next episode I want to talk about is where do we find diverse talent? Carl being the start of Boomless spoke to two other fantastic group, women who create and diverse creatives. Both groups created a list that made it easier for recruiters and hiring managers to quickly find diverse talent whether it be from project management to creative talent or whatever. I appreciate this group getting to the root of the problem, and I think Ash brought this conversation up, which is how do you get hiring and decision-making people to understand the systemic barriers that these two groups serve? And And this podcast does a really good job getting to the root of the problem, and it's so important how DNI professionals and people who look like you, me, and your friends at the main program are gonna need to overcome. What is, I think the question I'm asking is like, what stops those leaders from making that same quick decision and saying, all right, we're bringing more people of color to the table tomorrow. I'm gonna be real and just say that they have to actively accept the fact that they need to dismantle the systemic barriers that got them in that position and say that they need to admit that they have privilege and dismantle that and say like we need to to, we need to be able to get those folks those black and brown folks to the table like Walter's saying and do it at that at that rate but yeah like I I think it's just accepting the fact that there are systemic barriers and we need to just be uncomfortable with dismantling that actively dismantling that I'll 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 be I'll be that guy and say fair (laughs) (laughs) and 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 in in this in this context 
talking about corporations and businesses that are all about, you know, bringing that money in, right? I think when there is that fear that either certain businesses will not engage with them if they don't meet certain criteria, certain celebrities will not work with them because they don't meet certain criteria, they're going to lose, their stock prices are going to drop or what have you. I think a point comes where first hit them where it matters most to get their attention because I think that's what they care about the most, right? The reason I think people of color are coming into their value, they're realizing how much they contribute to the, the, the culture, the economy, the system, right? There's a lot of mental, I think, slavery that's still in place that I think we are slowly shaking off and we're realizing how important we are, right? And I think that's why you're like, you know what? I could get another job because I'm talented. And so I'm going to tell you what I think about what's happening in here right now. We're not afraid to go to another job. We're not afraid to move on. We are coming into our own. And I think we're therefore speaking louder and shouting louder and not standing up for shit. And despite all the world events that are happening around us, and it's harder for us to slow down, I'm actually quite hopeful that we're going to overcome this barrier. Why? Well, you just got to be, right? And this is why I really like working on this podcast is because we invite incredible Mape alums and we're taking some of the things that they might have said and we're remixing and mashing up their perspective into other ideas that gets us a little bit closer to the answer of what an equitable and more equal uh, working environment or an industry looks like for us and built by us. Hmm. And I guess this is left unsaid, so... Without, I mean, without leaving any of the emotional side, I, I'm still I told you I'm still learning how to feel right. I'm not gonna also project and assume that other people might feel the same way I did, because someday I feel very aggressive and want this is just a feeling. Don't worry, to burn the entire system and infrastructure that was never built for people like you and I down. It sounds aggressive. Also, may not be a long-term solution. That's Thai. This is Thai's POV. All right, and and I I, I don't want I don't want to alienate allies and well-meaning people or people who might have opposite opinions of me saying that's Thai. Uh, you know he's not stable and he just wants to take. That seems to be the biggest hurdle is to have these tough conversation with people that might not necessarily have the same uh, lived experiences or business ideals or political views as you that's a beautiful balance that i am trying to imagine and personally trying to work on is how do we speak to these people who are decision making or managing directors or you know whoever c-level exec who might who might be running the businesses to have these tough conversations with you from either a business or ethical reasons um without seeing the color red but it's 2021 man I don't want my fellow mapers or anyone to feel alienated and have that internal monologue whenever they're at work like are you seeing what I'm seeing are you are you being are you being real I I just hate that situation let's talk about the last podcast that I want to talk about it's the eighth one it got me fired up it got me laugh crying and it really hit my nostalgia feeling um it's the one with Audrey and Charlay, Maper of the Year. First of all, Charlay and Audrey, I love both of their energy and I love how both of them fed off of each other's vibes. Carl, you gotta give them the reins to host at least one episode because they're just so damn funny. 
Because I used to live with two fantastic alumni who ran previous May programs, shout out to Tiana and Gloria. I love them both of them dearly, A plus, A plus humans. I got a glimpse of how much work goes into putting on these programs. And last year, it was not an easy hill to climb for the MAPE team. I'm not AdAge, and if anyone has connections to AdAge, I definitely think the MAPE team, the MAPE organization, deserves to get、uh, Ad Agency of the Year award. Whoever has connections, please make that happen. I mean, think about it. All this used to be in person, but somehow the team at the MAPE organization were able to construct all their programs virtually. Unheard of. I don't think I have ever established such strong relationships virtually.、Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think how I feel like these are my family. Like, me and Rima have talks every two weeks, and I get so excited for our talks every two weeks. And I'm just like, manifestation, visualization, what do I need to be successful? And she's like, hey, girl, how you doing? I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay girl, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Like, you know what you're talking about. But I just, I'm just so grateful. And I just have to say for everybody, Who's listening? If you're thinking about doing MAPE next year, there's a 50 50 chance that it will still be VEP, but don't let that stop you. Like, it is amazing. And everybody knows that corny line, network equals net worth, but you know it's factual. It's so real. And I just, and it's crazy to think because people from MAPE last year and the years before, they told me they've never seen a relationship like the MAPE, like the MAPE VEPs that we have now. They've never seen a group of so many people be so close. So fast, and it all is because of it's virtual. Like, you have to lean on each other. Some people are living by themselves in the middle of nowhere, and yet they feel like they're surrounded by so many beautiful people. And it's just, it just shows the power of media and virtuality. And like, I, I'm just excited to be here, honestly. So, so does that mean you're going to apply again next year? I mean, hopefully, I got a job, but you know, I'm definitely going to submit the application. So, I, I told Reem, I was like, oh, if I have to come back another year, that's fine with me. But hopefully, by the time I hit that submit button, somebody. I feel like you're pointing right at me again. I am pointing at you. I wish yeah, that's what I thought. I, I was like, she's pointing at somebody. Okay. I know it's that car. I got multiple fingers, so but, I can point at various people. But it's, hard, it's also but hard to tell because、like、I don't know what Zoom box I'm in for you. No. No, I'm pointing right at you, a unicorn. Okay. I just feel like we could be a dynamic duo. I could be a protege.、Ooh. I talked to that recruitment lady about you, too. So. Oh, All right. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. Oh, oh from oh, you got a team? Okay. All right. Not yet. I'll have to pay for them soon. But. <laughs> That's it for me. Three podcast episodes that I highly recommend from last year. I'm really excited about where Left Unsaid is going. I genuinely think that Left Unsaid might be the only podcast that isn't shying or shirking around conversation that should have been had, quite frankly, a long time ago. And if there's other out there, let's collab. To our listeners who's been listening, thank you so much.、Um, share it with your managers, your boss's boss, your neighbors, your dog, your friends. We got a lot of cool things planned for 2021, so stay tuned. I don't know about you all, but those clips were amazing. Shout out to the team again. I mean, I was there for each one of those conversations. But the way they interpreted it, their perception of what happened, how it landed with them, brought a whole new insight to me. Oh, anyway, I'm, I'm speechless. And actually, I, I'm a little nervous that I got to follow each one of those clips. 
but I but I, I know this this is a good one this is a good one this is from my conversation with 2012 alum Ariel Diaz Ooh, and like I say in the episode Ariel Ariel and I go way back but she she brought something different to this conversation and and you know we've seen each other go through a lot over the last almost decade but we hit here in just a short amount of time we hit we talk about shame focus the way the world is built curiosity how experiences aren't a waste of time following the path knowing not knowing really what lies ahead and leaning into that doubt because you have the tools to actually trust and be aware and be able to gain that freedom to create your future and I think as we leave 2020 and go in to 2021 and we think about what kind of future we want to create Ariel was dropping gems that worked for her and you might have something slightly different but the concept of being able to create your future that really stuck out to me because if 2020 showed me anything anything can happen anytime anything is possible and we have a lot more agency than we believe. We can choose how we respond to what happens around us. We can choose how we want to build our future. So with that said, please enjoy this clip from my conversation Ariel Diaz. I used to really feel, yeah, like a deep sense of, of shame around not having like a, a very specific focus. Um, and like, so I think that the last decade is kind of the result of me just kind of following my curiosity. And I think <laughs> along the way, maybe feeling like maybe I wasn't focused enough. And I think now, I think we talked a lot about this in our last conversation is that the world is kind of, I think, built for, you know, the people who are, have a one track mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes if you don't, if you're not built that way, uh, there's like this inherent, like, like self-criticism that happens, like, well, what's wrong with me? But I don't, I don't know. Like now I'm just starting to, the word polymath is like really come into my consciousness recently. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to embrace that word is that like, I've just been curious and I've followed those curiosities to different career paths and I've bumped into a lot of things along the way, but there is like not a single one of those things has been a waste of time in any way. Like it, it's given me things to write about as a writer and it's helped me grow. And it's like ultimately like just like led me to this moment. So I, you know, as far as like the last decade, it's trying on a lot of things. Uh, it's like been playing dress up and, and 
you know, like putting on the costume of going to, to Hollywood and going to Google and going to New York and playing the role and then getting ready for the next role. Of this. Talk to me about those, like one of those times when you're like, yo, this is not, why did I do this? Why did I put myself through this? And what helped uh, get you through that? Yeah, I I would say, that, I mean, the time when I when I came to LA, I think that I had a deep sense of like, oh my God, what did I do? There's no going back, but I don't know what to do going forward. I, I, I could I would have to say like the summer of 2016 and yeah, there was like a good that that there was probably actually like a six month period in 2016 when I was a deep doubt about whether or not I made the right choice to come here and to pursue television writing as kind of like my next experiment. And that came from like I, I came here for it was a, a comedy showcase through CBS. And it was like a four month period of time that was unpaid. <laughs> mm, and one of those. So, yeah. And so it was it was it was a financial risk more than anything. And I think like that that had a lot to do with the uncertainty at the time was am I going to be able to support myself doing this? Am I delusional about what I can achieve while I'm here? And if it's possible, if the doors are going to open for me, I would say that that was probably like that, that, yeah, that time was very scary. And, and I had just like doubts about whether this was, if curiosity was enough or if I should at that point be thinking more like, uh, you can't, you won't be able to see me doing this and putting little quotes up. But like, if I should be thinking more like a grown up about my career and like, should I have stayed at Google and, or, or work for a traditional company? And, um, how did I get through that time? I actually, I, I don't, I don't think I got through that time. Well, I, I think I white knuckled my way through that, that time. I don't think I didn't have the tools at that point in time so that I could like be embodied like during that time period. Like I, I was very much in my head a lot during that time. And I would say that I'm able to more intentionally tap into trust now and tap into more into awareness than I was then. But I, I think like I was doing it then, but like unconsciously, like I would like accidentally, you know what I mean? Like, like catch a moment of synchronicity and then yeah. run with it. And I didn't have like the, the language or the tools then I was just, it was just kind of happened. And I think that's always come from uh, uh, me always having a really close relationship with, with my spirituality and, and a deep sense that I'm not alone when I, even when I am, you know, like I, I've never, I've always felt very divinely guided in that way. And so there are moments of, of faith, you know, that, mm -hmm. that I had, and now I have more language for that faith. And now I have more tools to access that faith. But like, I would say that that time period of doubt between Google and getting my first TV writing job was probably the most uncertain I've been and, mm -hmm. um, and getting through it, like <laughs> would do so many things differently. Okay. <laughs> what you mentioned tools and language. What mm -hmm. tools and language do you have now that you say you didn't have then that, you know, you think really helped you? I mean, I, I'm going to try to keep this a little broader before I get like very metaphysical and, and alchemical on you, but right, I... Hey, bring, the I, title, I, it's left unsaid. <laughs> bring it on. Meditation has really changed my life in, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. I, I first... Meditation came into my life in 2018, and it really, and it was again on, on instinct and curiosity. 
there's a meditation center that is on the street where I always used to go to the gym when it was open pre-COVID. And I passed it all the time. And I never once like thought to like look in there. But then like one day, I just noticed a sign outside and it was, uh, and there was all these different meditations that were available. And I don't know, there's just like this, like this feeling in your body that like when you're just paying attention, you feel it, you know, like it's, it's just like an, a, a very automatic instinctual thing that happens. Like you just stop, you take a double, you do a double take. There's this feeling in your gut or, you know, like for me, it happens a lot in, in, in my gut. And I just thought to go inside and ask, you know, listen to that intuition about their classes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I signed up for like, it was like $30 to like, or I, mean, I think it might've been $50, but it was $50 for unlimited classes for a month to just try whatever you wanted. And I had just gotten finished writing, uh, writing on the last man on earth, which was my first television writing job. And I just found out that the show was canceled. <laughs> and, and so I was in LA now, um, already having gotten my first credit, which was great, but then the show got canceled. I basically had both my feet in LA for the first time, knew that this was going to be kind of like where I was headed, but I had no idea what was next. And if I could get a second TV writing credit, like, so it was just kind of, again, in this moment of uncertainty. And so I think that like me following my instinct into this meditation center was, I think like then was what got me through and is even currently now getting me through this year is learning about like how to connect with, with myself, learning about consciousness coming into a new sense of awareness with myself where I, I really feel like a, a separation of, of identifying with my physical self. Like there's no, I feel very unattached to any identity. And I think that that's been very liberating. 